Gaia and Sarah save the world. Hello! Hi! Welcome to Gaia and Sarah save the world. On today's episode, we are talking about one of our favorite fucking subjects, self-sabotage. It's not what a lot of people think that it is, and we're going to go into what it looks like so you can realize that you fucking do it too. Don't worry, we're experts. We're basically like, we're like doctors of self-sabotage. Yeah, I have a PhD in um, fucking myself up. Yep. And I think a lot of people do too, but they don't even, they're so unconscious to it. So we're going to tell you how you fuck up your whole life too. Yeah. And hopefully give some ways to work on it, to slowly turn it around. Unfuck your life. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, which that's episode 11. Wow. We got the number right. Yeah. Um, before we get into it, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please, we're almost at a thousand subscribers. We're so close. So even if you're listening to this on Spotify or something right now, just leave. Just, <laughs> just leave and go to YouTube. Follow, follow, no, subscribe to us on YouTube. Then you can go back to yeah, Spotify. that's fine. Whatever works for you. But we appreciate it. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thanks. So we are citing, uh, as always, <laughs> Psychology yes. Today. They're our best um, friend. Yes, so we'll link the article, but um, this is just a basic definition of what self-sabotage is. So, behavior is said to be self-sabotaging when it creates problems in daily life and interferes with long-standing goals. Among the most common self-sabotaging behaviors are procrastination, self-medication with drugs or alcohol, comfort eating, comfort eating, and forms of self-injury such as cutting. Uh, people aren't always aware that they are sabotaging themselves, so that's a huge important yes. part. Is that a lot of times we're not aware we're doing it. I think that's the most important. Part yeah, that we're talk yeah. About. We're gonna jump into what self sabotage really is yes. because I think that a lot of people, when they hear the the phrase term, is it phrase or term? Why am I like this? <laughs> term. Term. Term phrase would be sentence. like one word and a phrase would be like a sentence or a part sentence. The term. The term. Self-sabotage. I think they think of like the most extreme yeah. situations like, um, I'm supposed to uh, go to this meeting today, but instead I just drove my car to Florida and went to the beach, right. which is self-sabotage. Yeah. But I think that that's where they think it starts and ends. Yeah. Whereas there's so many more layers to what self-sabotage like is. little justifications in your mind that feel completely dead on and true, but in reality it's self-sabotage. It's where you make your excuses a reality when really it's just a form of self-sabotage. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as an example, um, when we wrote the outline for this episode... <laughs> Instead of writing the outline, we actually ended up spending like an hour and a half or two hours on Google Earth. Yeah, looking okay. for a city that may or may not be real. Okay, but for like for some context, it started off with I was like, okay, I'm gonna move back to Southern California, and I need to pick where my house is going to be, uh-huh. as if I'm just gonna like buy a house. Um, right. So we decided to do it the way anyone would do it. We got on Google Earth. Google Earth. And so we started from space. Yeah, we started from space. <laughs> and I was like, I want to live like southeast of LA. So we literally just zoomed in near a mountain range and I picked a white dot. And I was like, <laughs> that's my house. Yeah. 
Turns out it's a weird cylinder building. And then we um, kept finding more. Yeah. Like we keep being drawn towards these mysterious, like, cement buildings. And then we were like, let's find Tannis. Let's find Tannis. And we did. We it's did. It's Egypt. It's ruins. It's kind of not really a city anymore. And then... Since we found it on Google Earth, we researched how to go there in real life. Yeah. And like, tried to find out if we could plan a trip to Tanis, Egypt. Yeah. Because obviously that's what we were meant to do instead were, of making the yeah, episode. It was crucial. We were actually supposed to film this the other night, and that's what we did instead. That's self sabotage. We are self sabotage. Us. Us. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> Why, another reason why we want to talk about it is we have done this so much. Yeah, and we still will catch ourselves doing it. I did an obstacle course race today for the first time, and it had 13 obstacles, and I completed all of them, but I kid you not, before every single one, I would walk up to it and be like, I can go around this because I'm afraid of electricity. I'm afraid of... <laughs> I am afraid of electricity. I'm afraid of cold water. I'm afraid of heights. Da, 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 da. I don't want to meet a stranger. You know, like all these reasons why I cannot do it. And in my head, it truly felt like, yep, that's correct. There's no physically possible way that I could ever do this. And then I did it anyway, which is yeah. called mental grit. And it is hard to have it, but I'm trying to get better and better at it. But that, that voice in your head reasoning out why you cannot do things is your little self-sabotage fairy that the, lives in your brain. And the more you've listened to it and the more that you've just like picked the excuse versus powering through right. it, the more likely you are to be stuck. And to not notice that it's even there. That just feels like your normal pattern. Yeah, and it is. it can become yeah. a normal pattern. Yeah. If you always like get to a situation and pick the shitty route, then that becomes what your normal like foundation is, yeah. is not doing things that you need to do. Right. So. Also, is it a, is it a learned behavior? Like, is this like a thing that we can like trace back to childhood? I feel like it's probably partially learned, but I feel like it's probably part human nature. I think it's a little bit of each, but I also think that like people that participate in this heavily probably have childhood trauma. Yeah, they've seen that pattern or they've had um, traumatic situations or that, like for me, I have had a lot of struggles with finding self-worth and feeling valued or even feeling like I am able to be valued. Yeah. You know, and that stems from trauma. And people so. that hate themselves um, are like the biggest players in self-sabotage because it reinforces why they shouldn't like themselves. Right. And they just repeat the cycle over and over so that they stay stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're just doing it all the time and you don't even know. Or you might know and then like sometimes even knowing just makes you want to like double down on it. Yeah. You know? that, that's I, I am a big like doubling down on horrible things person. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the whole thing that like they say of like, you know, you really shouldn't do something and it makes you want to do it more. Yeah. What they're not labeling that is, is what it actually is. That is what self-sabotage is. Like, uh, we'll get into a lot of examples, but one for me is I try to eat healthy most of the time, but if I like slip up a little bit or, or if I like bring junk food into my house, I'll be like, might as well just 
eat it all. Might as well just go all out. I already had one chip. Might as well have 7,000. Might as well eat absolutely everything. And then the next day, because you did that, might Feels as well. horrible. Oh, well, I already fucked it up. I'm a piece of shit. I guess I'll just do it again. Yeah, exactly. Because why not? Because I'm already a piece of shit. I already shit. ruined it. Yeah, I already ruined everything. Like, that's what the voice in my head will say. It's a classic self-sabotage yeah. behavior. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, like... Doing things that you know will harm you and make you feel bad about yourself comes from having low self-worth, low self-esteem, yep. like self-hatred, shame. Yep. Like, that's why you see this, like, with people that are really unbalanced. Right. And right. you can get better at it. Like, we've gotten a lot better mm -hmm. at it, but we still do it. It's hard. Even, like, in sessions with my therapist working on self-sabotaging behavior, and trying to trace back why you do it. Like, I think I made this joke the other day, but she's like, why do you think you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. That's, because that's closing the door. Right. To like do the hard work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy and you will feel resistance to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially like if, again, like we just said, if what's normal for you is repeating these like patterns that make you feel shitty about right. you as much as you feel terrible about you you're so comfortable with these cycles that you just do them well and a lot of times you're taking comfort from the cycle so like binge eating or self-medicating mm -hmm. or binging on tv or binging on social media that's all comforting numbing behavior mm -hmm. you're numbing yourself and blocking that's off. distraction behavior so that you don't process what's going on in your own head and your life right and when you just use distractions and don't focus you can't fix anything which makes your life stay shitty and then you don't make good decisions yeah yep yeah so let's get into it yes. what self-sabotage really is so we compiled a list um we have a lot of examples yes shocking um go on me yeah okay. uh, <laughs> crippling self-doubt deciding why something won't work like creating excuses for why you shouldn't do something instead of wait what did we write instead of just trying it yeah like just making up a billion reasons to not not do something that's me uh <laughs> that's I, I had this like this is actually really sad so this was like the end of 2016 i think um i it was november or december and i was in la um and i had uh Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. 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 Context. Context. Um, this is back when I had my laser job mm. and would just somehow get my schedule changed all the time and travel. Um, and then I left and I got my schedule approved. I left for like six days and they called me like the day before I was supposed to be back and they were like, we're going to let you go. Mm. And, um, I asked them why, and like, it was this whole situation. And then I had this like mental breakdown afterwards where I wasn't like upset that I lost my job. Honestly, I think that was like one of the best things that ever happened to me. Yeah. But it like sent me spiraling into this thing of like, am I really doing what I want with my life? And then I had like this like three hour, like crying session where I was like, I'm not doing what I'm good at. I'm not doing like what I'm like called to do. And I remember just listing reasons why I couldn't do what I actually want to do. And the first thing I listed was, I'm too old. Oh my god! So this was 2016. So this was like three years ago. So I was... Math, 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 math. 
28. Yeah. And I was like, I'm basically 30 <laughs> and no one can start a career in art. Like, yeah. I was just like going on and I was like, there's no point. I'll never be okay. And then I remember like having conversations and like being told, um, just start. Just yeah. start, just start, because yeah. if you don't, you're going to look back and regret it. And I was like, I can't, it's too late. That excuse. I'm setting myself up to not do what I want. Right. And so I can look back and hate myself. Right. And I did that for the next, like, like year and a half, two years yeah. after that. Until finally I was just like, these rules that we make about when we can start things, when we can't do things, these excuses that we make to not do things. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's just bullshit. And then I just stopped. Yeah. But it took years of wanting to like die from it and mm -hmm. just crying all the time. Mm -hmm. You almost have to hit like a, like a rock bottom type scenario. I to hate that. yourself I out of... Oh. Not just this, but like so many behavior patterns. I, sucks, I hate but, that so much yeah. about humans. And yeah. <laughs> I really, really do. Like we seriously are fucking stupid. Why do we have to hit rock bottom and hate our fucking lives to make the decision that we know we should have made the whole fucking time? Yeah, have like Why? a full-on existential breakdown. I hate humanity. <laughs> it's tough. Yes. <laughs> Um, so in that, like, we, part of what we wrote is, like, where you try to predict what will happen in you every just, possible You, like, thing. already know in your mind. Like, I can't because X, Y, and Z. Like, you already yeah, have you're made up your mind. Yeah, you're making excuses. And what does this do? It keeps you frozen in the state that you're in, which, right. by the way, isn't very happy. Right. So that you never move or try anything new. That's what self-sabotage is. So, like, anytime you're having a conversation where someone suggests like, oh, well, you're unhappy about this. Why don't you try this, which has a positive benefit. When you feel that feeling coming up in you where you're like about to just spew out, I can't because, yeah, but it probably won't. Or it might feel because like stuff like mm -hmm. that. You are self-sabotaging yourself. Yes. You are resisting help and a new path that would probably at least help alleviate your state that you're in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, I think this kind of gets into comparing yourself to other people. Like the only difference between someone who's achieved the goal you want to achieve and you is that they started before you did. Yep. And, and, and so I've seen that a lot with just different things that I want to accomplish in life. I'm like, well, poor me. Why can't I have that? Yep. It's because I'm not doing anything about it. Yep. You know, you, so. you are the way that you are and you don't have the things that you don't have, not all the time, but largely because you're not making it happen. Yeah, yeah, of course, there's outside circumstances and, and all that other stuff, yeah, you know, but we don't all start cases. in the same place, so it's totally easier for some people to achieve what you can't, so I don't want to say, like, people with privilege just started yeah. before you, that's no. not true, but, you know, a lot of the time, like, on an even playing field, that doesn't exist in real life, but you get what we're trying to say. Yeah. So the next one is the obvious examples, infidelity, before marrying someone you truly love. So yeah. like you met someone, they're fucking great for you. Um, you recognize that you could have a really happy life with them. So then you, you just feel this weird impulse within you that like is almost like intoxicating, like a drug yeah. that goes off where you just go out and cheat on them. Yeah. 
And that could come from not feeling like you deserve what you have or feeling ashamed because you have an underlying belief that you don't deserve to be happy. Um, you know, it could be that you think you're not good enough for this person, so you're just gonna fuck it up. So instead. you so you prove that you're not good enough right. by doing it. Like that's right. part of what that is. And I, it's and again, like a lot of this is unconscious. Like a lot of times when people do these things, it's not that they have a narrative in their head going of I don't deserve you, so I'm going to fuck this person. A lot of times that's completely unconscious, and it can just be like I suddenly am going to like cheat on this person. Right, like, like all of a sudden, like this that person's attractive to me, and you know, you just make a decision that later, looking back on it, you can understand why you made that decision. Mm -hmm. It can even be like an obsession. Like people get these weird, like when commitment comes into place, they like form like really bizarre obsessions with other people mm -hmm. that doesn't ever last. Because it's literally just a distraction and so that you will self-sabotage your relationship. Right, right, yeah. Um, okay, so, or you could um, mess something up that you really want. Like, uh, you could start slacking off at work even though you finally landed the job that you have. You know, this is like a problem where humans are like constantly dissatisfied. So like you want something, you want something, you want something, and then you finally get it and you just are like what was the point and you just like mess it up or you get a promotion and then you your job performance goes down dramatically immediately you know um that could be because you uh work so 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 hard to get this promotion and you weren't practicing like self-care during that and then you burn yourself out so you aren't able to maintain the same job performance after getting the promotion. Like there's all this stuff that factors into it. And not practicing self-care is a form of self-sabotage. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's like layers to it. Yeah. Um oh here's here's a good one. Reinforcing a fear um by creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. So something you're afraid of, just making it real. They're but fun. The, but the thing is, it's un, it's unconscious it's, almost all the time. Because I think when a lot of people hear this, of like, why would I make my greatest fear happen? It's not on a conscious level. Right. It takes the form of something else. So, like, say um, you are afraid that someone that you're dating will leave you. Yeah. What will then happen if you participate in self-sabotage may not be that you are consciously thinking like, oh my God, please don't leave me, please don't leave me. I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. But <laughs> what will happen is something will get activated in you where you start hyper-focusing on micro-flaws of theirs and picking an argument over every single thing that they do that bothers you. Like, you're really fucking reaching. Yeah. And everything about them suddenly starts pissing you off yep. and suddenly starts becoming really unattractive. And you suddenly start thinking, like, I don't really like you. Wow, I can't believe I thought I liked you. And your interest starts going away. You start acting really shitty to them. And then you know what happens as a result? They leave you because you're treating them poorly and then you have fulfilled your fear yep. of being left. Congratulations. And, but the thing is, when you're doing this, you, you like do it you, on purpose. You literally believe I suddenly just don't like this person and they're so different from me and I just can't stand it. That's the unconscious working of this. Yeah. And yeah. then and then it's over, you lose them, and then you're like, oh my god. I love them. Yeah. What was I doing? Yeah. That's what self-sabotage is. Mm -hmm. So, 
don't do that one. Don't do that <laughs> one. Here's a big one. So this is the one we talked about um, that we did when trying to film this episode on the first day. Procrastinating with your plans or goals repeatedly so that you don't meet them. Um, and then, so we did that with the episode. We just put it off. Procrastination, procrastination, procrastination. And then like a sub piece of that is you will always put your goals off so that you never meet them, which reinforces your limiting belief that you can't achieve your goals. And it makes you hate yourself more. Right. See how it's a constant cycle right. so that you never change your feelings about yourself or your life. And then never changing it and being stuck tells you that you're stuck. And so you just, again, it's just this vicious cycle. So I um, have gotten much better about not procrastinating um, because now I like make everything a real event. So my like productivity system is to have like a to-do list that's on paper that only has a few things on it for each day and then like an overall weekly, monthly to-do list and the things, the big things on the weekly and monthly to-do list I put in my calendar is like physically a chunk of how much time they will take. So then I, it's, it's represented as an actual amount of time and it forces me to do it like at the time that it starts and ends. So that has helped me not procrastinate because I just made everything like a rule almost. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I had to take it to kind of that extreme because like in college, I would procrastinate so hard that I wouldn't even stay up late the night before to do homework. I would like wake up at 4 a.m. the day shit was due and then do it. That doesn't I, even make sense. I feel like this is like where like some people say like, I do really well under stress. I work under pressure. I think yes. that, that actually is like a very like glamorized way of saying like, I self-sabotage yes. by like pushing myself to the last second to like mental insanity. I would set alarms to wake up at 3 and 4 a.m. I'm not even exaggerating. To write a paper. And I went to school for English. Sometimes my papers were so long and involved. Like there was so much work. And I would just put it off to like literally physically the last possible second. Like until it was either I'm just not going to do it at all. Or I have to do it right now. Or else it, it just won't be done. But what was your like justification to yourself like all the time that you had before that you could have been doing it while you weren't I would just constantly find other things that I would rather be doing instead. Mm -hmm. Like I'd rather be hanging out with my friends or I'd rather be working out. Dur during college, this is probably a whole different episode, but I used to go to like cycling in the morning and then I would go to yoga in the middle of the day and sometimes I would do CrossFit and cycling and yoga. Like I would just... Oh my god! Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't realize that you were doing it that much then. Yeah, I was working out a lot because I was very stressed. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I would find any possible activity mm -hmm. and I also had, like this is kind of what we talked about before, like you're not always on an equal playing field to everyone. Like, um... I worked full time. I worked 42 hours a week plus school. So I actually had very limited time to mm -hmm. do my homework in and it was a choice most of the time between a social life or doing my homework and I would I would choose a social life. I mean I was 23. Yeah. But um that was definitely like led to a lot of painful early mornings of trying to cram work. Oh 
God. I know. That sounds so... That gives me That's anxiety like extreme just about procrastination. Ugh. Well, I, I feel like I used to do that even recently with, like, packing before trips. Oh, yeah. And I got in such a pattern of, like, I'll either pack super late the night before where I have an early get-up. Yeah. Or I'll do it early in the morning before I have to leave. Yeah. And... I, I did it so many times that that became normal to me. Now, my brain just associated with you pack bags the night before you leave or the morning that you leave. And then eventually I was just like, no. A lot of people don't do it this uh -huh. way. Why am I doing it last second where it creates stress? I'm just going to force myself to do it two days before. Yeah. And guess what? It's so much less stressful. Yeah. But again, the longer that you participate in these patterns, the more that it, it, it doesn't even register in your brain is like, this is stressful. It's just like, this is life. This is just what packing is. It's just a yeah, frenzy. This is what packing feels like. No, that's what being a dumbass and doing something <laughs> in the last fucking second feels like. That's not what packing feels like. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Or another favorite of mine that everyone who's ever dated me probably has like PTSD from is, oh, we have an event where we have to leave at 7 p.m. And I know how long it takes me to get ready. Okay, I know I need about three hours between showering, washing my hair, blow drying, straightening, curling, whatever, full face makeup, getting dressed. I know I need like three hours. Mm -hmm. Two hours before. I'll wake up at like fucking 10 a.m. Remember, we don't have to leave till 7 p.m. And you cannot make me start getting ready. You can't. You can't fucking make me. You can't. Like, put a gun to my head, I won't get ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've spent the majority of my adult life doing that to the point where I wait so long to start getting ready that I don't even have enough time now. Yeah. I don't have enough time. So I'm like psychotically getting ready. Like I'm doing my makeup, brushes are oh fucking flying God. everywhere, and I'm like, I don't even know how to do makeup. Like a fucking monster. Uh. And then of course I'm yelling about it, I'm having like mental breakdowns, I'm screaming. This is every single person who's dated me has had to like go through this. So, um and they're just like, why didn't you start earlier? And I'm like, I couldn't. And this seriously took years and years and years. I think it was literally like the second half of this year, which we are still in. For me to be like, oh, you know when you get ready and you're so angry that you don't even enjoy the way that you look and then half of the event is ruined because you're so stressed out from rushing? Don't do that. Just don't. And you make everyone around you fucking miserable. Get up earlier. Or better yet, Wash your hair the night before. Wow. Yeah, procrastination. If y'all want productivity tips, I love talking about productivity. That's what I think is another root uh, problem associated with self-sabotage is not having structure and organization yeah, in your life. Yeah. Because I've noticed every single person, for the most part, that suffers from this the most refuses schedules, structure, yep. planning ahead, yep. and then they're like, God, everything Yes. Everything's a mess because you have no organization. I put everything in my calendar. It's mm -hmm. like, wake up, and, and it's a little sun emoji, and it has like a bulleted routine. <laughs> oh my god. I have to do every morning, and then like my exercise is in there, and then not just like 
being at work, what hours, it's like, the t I put a car emoji and I put like when I have to leave for work and it's a whole block of when I'm in the car and when I arrive at work, like every tiny, I'm like a computer running a program. <laughs> it helps, because I know that I, I will just be like, oh, I have to go to work at whatever time. Yeah, I'll just leave late and hopefully just magically get there on time. Oh my like, God. I'll just it up. So. Yeah, and then you start off your day being stressed. Yeah, exactly. So I just let it be pre-decided. I, I let current shitty me take care of future me and then future me is amazing. And everyone's like, wow, how do you get so much stuff done? And I'm like, it's all like a hack. Like I, I'm just hacking my yeah. life. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like a lot of people need to hack their lives. Yes. So yeah. I, I just thought of another example. Great. That it's not about me, though. Oh. Okay. So a really long time ago, really long time ago, I dated someone who had a gluten allergy. Oh. Uh-huh. And they knew that they did. Uh-huh. And the way that they self-sabotage <laughs> was knowing that if they eat gluten, they will pass the fuck mm -hmm. out. But then doing it and ruining our night. <laughs> Every date night. Just for the gluten. Like, I'm talking, we have planned this like two weeks in advance. We are getting dressed up. He's finally taking me on a date like a fucking actual person. <laughs> and what does he do literally 20 minutes before bread. he's supposed to leave? Eat bread. I'm not fucking kidding. And literally, and here's here's the extent to how fucking stupid our conversations were. Me being like, please, please don't eat it. Please don't eat that. If you eat that, you are going to pass out. We aren't going to leave. And then we're not going to have sex for the five billionth time. And I'm literally going to cut my head off and leave you. And you know what he would do? He'd be like... It's just a little bit. I'll be fine. Even though this had happened, I'm not kidding, like 300 times already. And so he'd eat it, and he'd literally pass out on the couch. Date never happened. I'm surprised I didn't light the fucking house on fire. <laughs> Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. Yeah, and then be like, why are we always fighting? Because you eat bread. <laughs> stop, stop eating bread. Please! Always creating a long list of excuses for why you can't, why it won't work. That kind of goes up to our example above of like where you, what is it, catastrophize? Yeah. Is that how you say that? Catastrophize? Thighs? 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 It's catastrophize, right? Yeah. It's catastrophe. Yeah. Where you catastrophize every possible... Just do an exercise right now. Like, think about all the excuses you let's, give yourself all the time. Actually, let's do that. Let's do a live one of, like, something that's really hard for us and what our brain automatically goes to. I, okay, I work for a big international fitness brand, and I am at a gym for eight plus hours a day, sometimes seven days a week, and I will still tell myself I can't work out because da 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 I, I literally will spend some days like 10 hours at work because I love my job and I'm addicted to working and um, I will be like no 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 I have this important phone call I can't take this class I'm not going to go into that class mm -hmm. I need to talk to this person I need to work on this spreadsheet I need to check my email. I will just 
list, 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 list. Like, there's no way I could possibly take 60 no. minutes to work out. No. There's no way. And you couldn't possibly do those things at a different time than right then. Exactly. And I love working out. And I will still be like, nope, there's no way. Yep. There's no way I can work out. And then I will walk into the gym like, ugh. <laughs> like, no. This is just what my brain, like, this is what I was born with, I think. My oh brain my is just God. like, no. Nah, not today. I, not tomorrow. Never. I really don't think you should. Working out is actually hard, ma'am. So don't. <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> don't even try. It actually sucks. It's, <laughs> you're going to sweat. If you don't check this email at this one second, you cannot do this an hour later. I mean. There's no other time. Yeah. And that happens to me all the time, which I think is... Partially why I love my job because it's a whole bunch of people coming together to defeat that shit. <laughs> you know what? All those things that your brain makes those excuses for why you shouldn't start or why you shouldn't do, gather all those things that it's telling you not to start and do. Those are the missing pieces that will probably make you happy in your life. Now process that. We'll wait. Honestly, yeah. like you're looking for like why you like hate yourself, why your life isn't improving, why you don't have the things uh, that you want, why like all these whys, why, why, why me, I, I can't, I wish things were better. The answer to like almost all of that is your little bubble of things that you make excuses to not do. You actually could have a pretty good life. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And how sad is that now looking at that and being like, I make myself miserable. We do make ourselves miserable. I feel like you have to like be at a point where you want to get better though, because a lot of times people like, I swear to God, I feel like people like get off on just repeating like sentences about their problems and doing nothing about yeah. it. I hate that I do this. I'm so irritated about the situation I'm willingly choosing to be in. But, like, when you get to a point where you're like, I want to do something about it, like, these types of, like, books, like, materials, right. then it's, you're, like, more open to it. But I think right. it depends on what phase you're in. Like, if you're still stuck in phase one where you're literally just complaining about all the things you don't do, don't have. And, again, we have horrible systemic problems in this country and uh, across the world. <laughs> and so there are people who are at a huge disadvantage. Absolutely. But... A lot of times, there's something you can do. Even if it's a small step, there's yeah. usually something you can do. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, we're coming from a place of having the privilege to be able to make those kinds of choices, but a lot of people listening probably are privileged enough to be able mm -hmm. to make those choices, too. Yeah. Yeah. We have next on the list, ruining something before, ruining something before someone or something else can that would surprise you so you can stay in control of the situation. Yeah. Ugh. Oh boy, so I guess this is my gnarly story. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Um so <laughs> uh so it's twenty nineteen, so like six plus years ago, so quite a while ago. Um this is probably like the biggest form of like self sabotage, at least on like a extreme level I've ever participated in. Not knowing, obviously, that this is self-sabotage. I literally just thought, like, oh, this is what I feel like doing and, you know, whatever. I meet someone 
that wasn't any of those things. Like, he, like, genuinely really cared about me and wanted to, like, create a life with me and had common goals, or at least flexible common goals that, like, we could build on. Um, he's very understanding about, like, you know, mental health things. Um, very understanding of, like, my past with trauma. Like, I told him, like, everything. And I think I told him to, like, scare him off. Self-sabotage. Uh -huh. Oh, you're great. Let me push you the yeah. fuck away. <laughs> but it didn't scare him off. Like, he just got it. Yeah. He was, like, willing to just be, I guess, okay with it. And because now with clarity, I know why, but because no one had ever treated me that way, my reaction to it Genji. was to not be attracted to him. Okay. <laughs> uh, You're the story. Uh, because of because of like how easy things were. Because yeah. of the security he immediately gave me. Because he was so nice to me. Yeah. It was like because that was so foreign to me. Because it was so foreign to me, I kept having these like really strong impulses that would come over me where like. I wanted to push him away. I wanted to hurt his feelings. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make him jealous. Like, all of these things. And um, and here's the best part. Like, before that, I was like, could never find someone that wanted the same level of commitment as me. He did. And because he did, I refused to actually officially date him. Yeah. And I basically, like, just pushed him away and treated him really poorly and treated him the way that everyone else treated me because I that's what you do when you're all fucked up from trauma um and essentially like ruined that yeah um and it took me many years to even realize why I did that and it took me going back to therapy to even figure it out because for years it was like the biggest mystery of my life of like why did I do that to someone that I had a great connection with that wanted a life with me that I was really compatible with? Yeah. And I would just be like, I don't know, just, I guess there was just something missing. That was the thing I used to say is there was just something missing. No, it's self-sabotaging. Yeah. It's having a broken attachment system. It's what happens of years of being abused by other people, you don't know how to exist in an environment that isn't abusive. Yep. So I ruined it. So sad. And making that connection years later, the feelings that come with knowing that you fucked up something like really great, mm -hmm. that shit, even when you move on from it, because I mean, that was a long time ago. It still haunts you. It's devastating. You just have to live with the amazing decisions that you made. <laughs> and now I can recognize that that was self-sabotage, but at the time, completely clueless. Mm -hmm. I literally just thought, uh, there's like some kind of like it factor missing. There's like a chemical thing missing between us. No, it's that I'm fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck. So, super sad. Uh, and people do this in relationships all the time. You're actually more likely to self-sabotage your relationship if it's with someone that you really care about. It's true. It's like what we talk about in romanticism, that functional relationships can feel too boring and unromantic. Avoiding doing something that would help you. So <laughs> this is like what I just said about avoiding working out, even though I usually talk myself into it, but sometimes I don't. Um, 
avoiding eating right, you know, avoiding um, hygiene, basic hygiene yeah. practices. Um, I've definitely been in like depression where I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed, I don't want to take a shower, like I just want to lie in this bed forever until I die. <laughs> Which makes you then feel worse. Right, exactly. Um, it could be avoiding meditation, you know, going on a walk or... Getting uh, yourself on a sleep schedule that actually helps you feel good every day. Yes, yeah. So just avoiding literally anything. It's different for everybody. Um, anything that would help you feel better. Avoiding getting help is yeah. a huge one. Like watching like people... I, we've been in this position too, like especially us. Like, why did we wait so long to get into serious therapy? Right. We knew that oh, what we were experiencing wasn't healthy. I talked about this on my Instagram a little bit, but I put off therapy for 10 years. I was very lucky that when I was, um, I think 17, my parents uh, actually spent a lot of their money on helping me have one-on-one -on -one therapy, they helped me see psychiatrists, they helped me go to group therapy, and I knew it was so, so helpful, but then it was a huge financial burden for them, and uh, shortly after I turned 18 and was moving out and stuff, they told me they wouldn't be able to keep affording it, and I think I afforded it all on my own, like, two times, mm -hmm. and then I, I was like, I don't, I don't have any money, and I just stopped going, and I had so much regret, like, I never said goodbye to my original therapist, and then... I don't know if it's because like it was hard to leave therapy, but then for 10 years, I struggled hard with very complex problems, PTSD, like all, all these horrible problems that were affecting me and affecting people I chose to be close to and affecting my um, professional life and affecting like my day-to-day -day interactions even with strangers. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to go to therapy and made up excuses as to why I couldn't for 10 years. What were your excuses? Because I want to see if they're the same as mine. I mean, it was a lot like, um, it'll take up too much time or I can do it on my own. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm really smart so I can figure it out or this stuff shouldn't be bothering me anymore. So why don't I just suck it up type of People feeling. have it worse than me. Yeah. I'm not suicidal, so why do I need to see a therapist? Yeah. Like, these are the same. I feel like these are the same I excuses can't afford everyone it. goes through. Genji, you're messing up these really expensive pants. Genji. <laughs> um, okay, so for me, my excuses for not going to therapy uh, was... I would always like think of like scenarios of people that I thought had experienced worse things than oh, me yeah. who like weren't in therapy mm -hmm. and I'd be like so there's no way I need to go oh yeah or like I would just like think about the bad things that I know I've experienced but like almost view them in like a weird cinematic way of like that's just what's made me unique. That's what's just oh, made yeah. me the way that I am. Almost like a weird way of like glamorizing your fucked up life. I would diminish what I went through too and make it like not that bad in my head, even though it was pretty bad. And that's part of what being traumatized is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that was like a survival mechanism because if you fully accept how bad, how bad things are, you just like collapse. Most but. traumatized people reject their trauma and literally don't think that the things that they've yeah. been through are bad. And that's because your brain is like stuck 
in survival mode. So yeah. Yeah. But I would just make all these excuses and I would think like, well, because I, I went through a lot of bad therapists when I was a teenager. So I would think back to that and be like, I'll never find someone that I click with or they're just going to judge me. Like you just make all these excuses. And what it really comes down to is you don't, you don't value yourself enough to get mm-hmm. help. And that's what I did too. Like yeah. I fucking knew, I knew that like, just like, okay. Like when you have like skin issues and it, you keep getting them over and over and over, you know what you do? You go to the dermatologist right? because there's something wrong right. when you're having like mental collapses and mood swings and dissociating and like repeat scenarios, you know what you do? You go to a therapist. Right. But there's like a stigma and there's also this like misogynistic mentality that you should just get over things. Cause I would tell myself for years, like stuff from the past shouldn't be bothering you anymore. You should be over it by now. And then because of that line of thinking, I would kind of think like, it's not related. Like the problems I was having, I, w- I was just like, surely it's not related. Like it can't be related. It's just like, this is just how I am. Yeah. This is just how that, my brain is. That's part of like toxic masculinity too. Yes. Is, um, that's just the way that I am. This is just who I am. This is just the way that I react. Right. This super like dumb, reductive thinking. And it's not just for men. These are things that like bleed over into us too, because that's also how we see people responding right. to their problems. Right. Yeah. And we also have movies that like glamorize being like, you know, an angry mess or like the tragic girl who's always sad. Right. Like we have like all these things that like make you want to be fucked up and yep. not be better. Yep. Which all just aids in justifying self-sabotaging behavior. Yep. Which is really sad. Like that thing that you're avoiding the most that you know is something that you haven't tried, that like all the signs are there that it would be good for you. That's the thing that you really need to do. Yes. Yes. Just try it. <laughs> and the more you don't, the more you're just going to stay stuck. Mm-hmm. Good. So creating chaos inside a healthy relationship after you've only experienced abusive relationships is a common form of self-sabotage. It's something I've done. And then um, the one where you put, like, starting a fight, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. This. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the example I put was, like, when you know that if you say something or, like, make a certain comment that it will likely start an argument that really actually isn't that important, um, but you, like cannot not say it like it's like it's like it's like underneath your Uh skin you're like Uh uh-huh you need to fucking say it and you know it's just going to be a problem and then you just do it you just say it this is self-sabotage behavior to keep arguments going yeah so that's because like you can go too long without having a tumultuous you know experience in your relationship and that feels weird and unsettling to you because that's what you're used to so you're just gonna make waves (laughs) yeah yeah um one of the things that my therapist has told me about like if you are someone that participates in self-sabotage behavior like 
you okay we'll get to the attachment stuff later uh -huh. but if you're someone who does that this stuff is going to come out more in relationships with someone that you actually really care about right like because that's when you like go into like freak out panic mode inside and you try to fulfill that prophecy of being left or not being good enough by right. acting out. So like if you find yourself in a relationship with someone who's treating you way better than someone else who's like someone else you've been with and you just keep realizing like oh my god I keep making these really poor decisions. I keep doing these really dumb things. I keep sabotaging my relationship. That's because you're most threatened by having a right. healthy relationship because you actually care about this person a lot. Right. Which is fucked. It's fucked. Like, oh, you genuinely love this person a lot and your brain's like, fuck it up. <laughs> fuck it up. That's why everyone needs to be in therapy. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Ten yes. out of ten. So, Netflix binging, food binging, self-harming. Drugs and alcohol and other forms of self-medication, gambling, and all doing all of these things knowing it's having negative effects on you, but you can't make a different choice. Yeah, you, you just can't. You feel literally frozen in it. Like, you have the voice in your head that's like, stop watching Netflix, you know you need to go to bed, because if you oversleep, or if you're tired tomorrow, it's going to fuck everything up. Or, like, if you have bad stuff going on in your life that you really need to handle and take care of, you're more likely to feel that pull of, like, just stay up all night and watch Netflix. Right. Yeah. It's to not deal with anything, but then by not dealing with it, it fucks up things even more. Right. Right. Um, or, you know, it can be to just feel comfort when you're not receiving it elsewhere or when it's the only thing that actually feels comforting, even though it shouldn't be. Um... Something that's helped me because um, this, so when I was younger, I actually, from the time I was 15 until the time I was, oh goodness, I think 23 or 24, I struggled bad with self-harm. Um, and then uh, I was working with a therapist on that when I was young when I was a teenager and then like I said I had to stop going to therapy so I actually read a bunch of books and wrote a bunch of research papers on it during college which was kind of a way for me to get through it and understand that behavior more haven't really struggled with that at all um but I've experienced a lot of grief this year and it kind of led me to engage in a new way of self-harming which has just been like binge eating and I Previously, I've never had any real struggle with any kind of disordered eating. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been working on this a lot this year, and it's weird um, and hard, um, and I'm still trying to understand it, but a lot of what I've come to understand is that whenever I have had like a binge eating period, it's because I needed that, and so I'm working on like not being mean to myself and being in that self-sabotage cycle of like hating myself, creating more grief, creating more of a need to binge and then doing it again instead saying like, okay, I needed that. That was how I was taking care of myself at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the best that I could at the time, even though it obviously wasn't a healthy behavior, but I was just working with what I had, you yeah. know? So that was kind of a new way to frame it and think about it. That helped me, um, break out of that cycle by not being really mean to myself. And I think 
having a negative voice towards myself is what really gets me into those self-sabotage loops. Absolutely, because like if you're being mean to yourself, why are you going to do any actions that would be kind exactly. to you? Exactly. And keep doing mean things right. to yourself. And a huge root of self-sabotage is low self-worth and low self-value. Yeah, and holding shame. Right, exactly. And shame is usually on an unconscious level, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. I mean, I think I've struggled with that kind of stuff all my life. Just really, really self-destructive behavior that's directed at my physical self. Mm-hmm. So I think binge eating kind of went with that too. Feeling physically frozen in procrastination. I feel like we kind of talked about yeah, that. Um, I do that. Yeah. I mean, not as much as I used to, but I still do it. Yeah. Um, like... Like I was just talking about earlier, like I know I need to get ready, but then there I am just laying in bed watching Saturday Night Live. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, what else would you be doing? You know, getting ready at a leisurely speed and not being stressed. Wow. No. Um, Never. The part of me helping with that is like changing my sleep schedule too. Yeah. Like it really did change my life to become a morning person. Yeah. Getting up early. I... I'll swear by it forever. I can't believe I'm a person who does it now because I used to, maybe that's why I was so dysfunctional before, but yeah, like procrastination just, it just sets you up to fail. Stop doing things at the last second. Yeah. Like just stop. Yeah. Do it now. Whatever you're putting off, stop watching right now. Subscribe and then go do what yes. you need to do. <laughs> like stop scrolling Instagram at night until you pass out. Do something that will actually help you that you've been yes. putting off. So uh, this last one says being exclusively attracted to emotionally unavailable people or people that you know that you can't have a future with and no. wanting commitment only from those people. Oh, I was the queen of that. Like, oh, me too. Give me the worst people. I'm going to love them. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going to, like, really want them to make, like, you know, uh, complicated life decisions with me that only healthy people can make. Yeah, totally. But they're not healthy. Totally. Why isn't it working? I don't understand. And then someone who is healthy that can make those choices with me, go away. No. Goodbye. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I think this actually, like, says more about you. Like, if you are attracted to emotionally unavailable people exclusively, I actually think that you're emotionally unavailable. Oh, wow. Because you're... <sighs> I but, mean, like, yeah. Like, think about it. Like, why would you be attracted to people that you know are not going to be able to be vulnerable with you and that you know you're never going to be able to Oh, with I had a whole relationship based on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had multiple base kind of on that, but I had one that was, like, all that. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you'll give me nothing and never fully reach a deeper level of intimacy? Let's get married. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not really, but, like, yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm all in. Yeah, that's what that is. That's, That's actually a sign that you're emotionally unavailable, which I don't even think people, like, think about. They're just like, I'm attracted to bad boys. No, you've got some inner work to do because you're probably not really actually ready to commit. That's been me. I mean, like, look at the example I gave earlier about the guy from my past, like, a long time ago. When I met someone who wanted the same things and was ready to commit, I was like, I'm going to ruin your fucking life. Yeah. What? So what does that tell me? I actually probably have problems with commitment 
and being emotionally available. Yeah, fuck. And that's why it's important to do inner work and find out who the fuck you are and peel back the layers. Because deep, deep. you just don't know that these things are going on. You're just like surprised by your behavior. Wow. Wow. I can't believe this person did that. Wow. I can't believe I'm reacting this way because you're not even connected to who you are. Right. Exactly. It's, life is not actually very surprising when you have self-awareness. You aren't continually shocked by the things that happen with the people around you. And you're not continually shocked by your reactions when you actually peel back the layers and know yourself. Yeah. But when you don't, everything's chaotic. Everything's a surprise all the time. Yep. So a lot of what we're talking about is really rooted and it's just basically we're describing what disorganized or fearful avoidant attachment is. Which happens to be our attachment styles. Mine. Um, so I think it's overdue for us to do a full episode about attachment styles because I can honestly say that learning my attachment style was the door, like the door that I needed opened to being able to have a healthy relationship. Yeah, because if you don't know what your attachment style is, you continue going through relationships not understanding why patterns keep happening. Yeah. Yeah. You likely have a broken attachment system. And, and it helps you kind of identify the types of people and the types of attachment styles that you've had relationships with, mm-hmm. which was also huge for me because I was like, oh, I understand why I, I was attracted to this emotionally unavailable person and why being with that person made me feel this way, yes. why it made me respond this way, or why it even made me have responses that I felt were totally out of character for who I am as yep. a person. It, it's literally like the, those like missing puzzle pieces to figure out who you are, why you do the things that you do, and also identify red flags in other people. Yes. So that you can stop making the same mistakes and stop dating the same people. Yeah. And it's actually not just about your romantic relationships. No. It's actually about the type of attachment that was established from your parents. Uh, so it was modeled by your parents and it was also how your parents interacted with you. And um, I think it's really valuable for everyone to know this. Absolutely. We'll put a link in our notes on the show for where you can take this test. Follow the link. And I think, isn't the test like $7? It's $6 or $7. And I know everyone's like, I don't want to pay for a test. This is like an official psychologist test. Yeah. And if you ever think that you might start therapy, and you have issues with relationships, your therapist will likely ask you to take the test to find out what your attachment style is. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and do it. Uh, We'll link it in the notes. And that way, when you go into our adult attachment theory episode, you already know where you fall so that you'll know which area applies to you more when we talk about it. And there's probably like less official free versions of the test too. So if we can find another link, we'll put a free version there too. I can say I've taken it twice. I took it when I first started therapy and, uh, in my like adult life. And then I took it again, um, after about a year. And, um, while my attachment style stayed the same, my healthy traits versus unhealthy traits shifted. So initially I had a bunch of like unhealthy traits Mm -hmm. (laughs) and more and more and more moved into the healthy column through the work I was doing in therapy and through actively 
trying to have a more secure attachment style. So the healthy attachment style, I mean it is, the healthy attachment style is um, called secure attachment, which means you feel secure when you are attached to people. Yes. Um, but fearful, avoidant, disorganized means uh, you feel real fucked up when you're with people. Yeah, like all sorts of weird shit comes yeah. to the surface and you start doing really bizarre things. Yeah. Especially the more you care about the person. Yeah. So super helpful. So we'll put a link there and we will do an episode about that. Yes. Um, maybe our next episode. God, I hope so. We've been talking about it for like a century. I know. <laughs> so that's self-sabotage. Yes. Something um, that we could talk so much about. Yes. Um, something we have both experienced the cycle of and still experience it. I think it's normal to experience it, but when you're in a really, really deep, deep like level of it, then it's important to do that self-reflecting work to get to a point where you can start to break those cycles. And there's other small things you can do to build up that mental kind of grit, that toughness yes. that we talked about, like taking a cold shower or, um, one, I always feel like I don't want to wash my face at night. Like even if I'm not wearing makeup, <laughs> we like, all feel like I don't, don't want to do it. The excuses start rolling. Just this one time will be fine. If I go to bed now, I won't break it. Like yes. the excuses just yes. start rolling. Yeah. So making sure that when you have all those excuses going, but it's about something small, like washing your face that realistically takes three minutes, just do it. Just do it. Just practice making your body move and just doing it. Yes. Because um, I used to do that all the time. I'd put it off. I'd put it off. I wouldn't do it. And now I I started with something small like that, forcing myself to go through it and break that pattern. And then once I got good at it, I went up to the next thing and the next yep. thing. And that's how you stop breaking self-sabotage yep. and taking care of yourself. Yep. Like taking my supplements every day. I used to be a person that couldn't actually take a supplement every single day, even though I knew it would make me feel uh -huh. <laughs> That's when you know you're like really deep on the spectrum of like, Everything is a fucking mess in my life. Yeah. When you can't do one thing to help yourself. Yeah. But when you start with the small things, you can build to the bigger things. Um, and that's why I, also I read this thing that says, make one small promise to yourself every day and keep it. It can literally just be, I'm going to wash my face in the morning and at night. Keep it. And when you start checking those off, it does build up strength within you. And then you can tackle bigger things that you self-sabotage. And treat the promises you make to yourself the same as you would treat a promise you make to your closest, most valued friend. Yeah. Like, take that shit seriously because you, like I said, you're number one. Like, take care of yourself. You deserve it. Um, there's a lot of good books. I've read a lot about this kind of topic, so that how to be miserable. Another one is um, kind of a more practical one, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. She... Her book is mainly about, like, stopping hitting snooze in the morning. Mm -hmm. But she started being able to get up early by literally going 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 and jumping out of bed. Oh, my God. And, but it works. Whatever you're just like, do. At, at 1, it's non-negotiable. I'm going to get out of bed, you know. Um, another amazing one is called The War of Art, which is all about how resistance is our enemy. And we're all fighting resistance all the time. Dead on. Which, again, is that voice in our head telling us why we can't do things or why it's going to be fine if we don't wash our face. It's not. Um, <laughs> so that book is good. It's short. If you listen to the audiobook, I recommend that because it's just like, gets you kind of amped up. Mm -hmm. um, 
watch. Um, I actually, at a work conference recently, saw a keynote from a guy named Jesse Itzler, and he talked about how just how you approach everything in your life is who you are. So he was that like, is so true. Yes. Like if like that really says so much about you. If you put off everything, if you procrastinate, if you like refuse to like evolve and help yep. yourself and that that's who you are. Right. So this example he gave that spoke to me was I feel like I've said this before maybe on the show. I don't know. But it's he okay. said he was gardening and he like left the hose on the ground and started walking away from it and in his mind he's like it's just a hose, I'll get it tomorrow. And then he was like no, it's not just a hose. It's who I am as a person. Yeah, because I need to turn around and put it up. Your, I feel like your actions define you. It, I really do. do believe they that. do. And the good news is, the more you hack those actions, like I was talking about, the more you can define yourself into who you want to be. Yeah, like in even the small things. Like I just said, like I couldn't take supplements. Now I take supplements. Like at three different times of the day, I don't need reminders in my phone anymore because I literally trained myself to do it and I prioritize yeah. it. Like I know that when I'm starting to get ready for bed, it's time to take my two supplements before bed. Yep. And before it would be like, I would know if I take this before I go to sleep, it'll help me sleep better and wake up feeling better. And then I would just be like, I'll just start oh, this wow. week. No! Like, Jesus, do you just want to live in misery? And it's weird, because we're resistant to these tiny things that take literal, like, 30 seconds to take a supplement, and we'll just be like, no. That's what I think is so funny about people that make excuses behind, like, why they aren't doing things that they said they would do. There isn't an excuse almost always. Yeah. You're just creating one instead of, like tackling your inner issue yeah. of why you can't commit to something even small. Right. There's something going on here. Like if you're saying, I'm going to start working out tomorrow. No. Start tonight. Yes. I don't care if you do five sit-ups and it takes only 30 seconds. Just do it. You know? like It changes the way you think about everything even when you just take the first step. Yes. Exactly. So it doesn't matter how small your steps are because you can build them up. But mm -hmm. if you're doing nothing, then you're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to start somewhere. You have to. You have to. And you have to do it today. Right now. <laughs> Get the second. Stop putting that thing off. And it's hard. Do it. It's hard, but it's okay. <laughs> you're going to be grateful. But you know and what? And remember, you're taking care of future you. Yeah. Who's the best? And you're making yourself not a fucking nightmare to be around. <laughs> yes. Like, that's another layer to it is if you have a low image of yourself, maybe this will help motivate you. Because if you don't care, like, about yourself, maybe you care what other people think about you. Yeah. And if you're a constant nightmare, and you're always <laughs> complaining about the same things that you just don't do anything about, everyone around you hates you. Are you a black hole sucking the joy out of every room you're in? Are you just, like, draining the life out of everyone around you because you can't do basic things to take care of you? Just stop. Even if you're not doing it for you, do it for the people around you. <laughs> just do it. That's the whole point. Just it's a start. Public service. <laughs> whatever, whatever thing you need to motivate you, really focus on it and just start. Yeah, please. Thank you. From two people that took way too long to start. Way too fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but that's okay. Yes. As um, we started. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Self-sabotage. Done. We're done. So we completed it. We completed it. Wow. 
We didn't even put it all the way off. We thought, I know we had a moment earlier where we thought about We almost didn't even film today, again. I'm pretty sure. Again, <laughs> but you know what? We did it. Even when there was ramen on the way, we did it. Yeah, we did it. So, so that's our episode. Please tell us what you thought. Um, feel free to share your stories of self-sabotage yeah. if you're comfortable. Like for me, I can make humor out of like the terrible dumb things I've done. Uh-huh. Me too. Um, so feel Tell us what you're starting today. I would yes. love to hear that because I'm all about it. Like um, your one promise, your one thing. Just just tell yes, us. Yes, we would love to encourage you on it. <laughs> yes. Um, also make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Yes. Um, and you can listen to us on Spotify, everywhere, blah, blah, blah. Everywhere. We're everywhere. Um, but we really want to grow our YouTube to 1,000. Please so help us. If, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you next time. Next time. Bye. Bye. Cut.